Uh, is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, Hey, um, hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Uh, we are moving through season five here of the podcast and getting through the seven steps to sell like you. And uh, this is a framework that has really developed right along with the show. And that I think is the beauty of this show. You know, the thing I've always gotten out of writing, the thing I've always gotten out of recording video like this, if you're watching us on YouTube or uh, on Spotify, um, the, the thing that I've gotten out of podcasting. And if we go two years back to when this show really started, I told you that after we got rid of the why and the buy and stopped recording that, uh, it was um, th this was something I missed. I missed sitting behind a microphone. I, I missed talking out loud, thinking things out loud. And this framework for approaching uh, not just personal coaching, but organizational sales development as well um, has proven to be fruitful. And I'm just I'm happy to have had the opportunity to think out loud with you. So thank you for being here. The seven steps to sell like you are one, know yourself, two, know your best customers, three, know your process, four, know your methods, five, know your rules, and now six, be held accountable. This is more than just knowing something. We know what we need to know by now in the framework, but accountability is something that is absolutely vital to your success. And I want to talk about accountability today for a couple of reasons. One, it's a bad word to a lot of people, and I want to define that. I want to get some things out there to let you know that this is not a dirty word. This is not a bad thing. Being held accountable doesn't mean you're going to get fired. It means you're going to do your best work, okay? So I want to get that definition out here, but I also want to talk, after I define it here, I want to talk about how hard it is. And it's not just hard because you might get fired. It's not hard because you got to face a firing squad. It's hard because we have to reckon our behavior with what we said our intentions were going to be. And in some ways, that means staring down fear of failure because sometimes you don't get the work done. I've been there. But you also have to stare down fear of success. Sometimes you have to look in the mirror. Sometimes you have to look at a friend. Sometimes you have to look at a manager or a leader or a C-level executive. Sometimes you have to look at a customer and admit out loud that you didn't get done what you needed to get done. That's scary. And it's scary because it challenges our integrity. Integrity is one of those big words. 
right? Like accountability is one of those big words because we are staring truth in the face. And that is not fun unless you're winning. <laughs> but you think about the gravity of what we're doing, of what accountability means. No, it's not fun. But it's necessary. And you've heard me say this in the past. I'm going to continue to say it. The truth is undefeated. So sometimes when we hear the things that we don't want to hear, we can still reconcile them because we know it's the truth. And at some point, we just realize that, hey, the, the truth is what we need to be guiding ourselves by. So I want to talk about the value of accountability. I want to dispel some myths about accountability. Um I think, and, and I don't know that I have a discreet, explicit, tiny, you know, concise, not maybe discreet is the wrong word, but I don't have a concise definition of accountability except maybe a reckoning with the truth, right? But when it comes to accountability, a lot of people get it confused with micromanagement. They don't want their leaders to hold them accountable, they don't need regular check-ins. They don't need to look in the mirror very often. No, 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 no. I'm self-accountable. I hold myself accountable. I don't need to be held accountable by anybody else. Um, well, that's an oxymoron, right? Accountability by definition is a reckoning of the truth, but it is with the support of someone who is looking out for your best interests. And the biggest difference between accountability and micromanagement is the support. Micromanagement is a lack of trust. Accountability is the support that you get from other people who know you are capable of what you agreed to be held accountable to. And I'll talk about that in a second. They know you're capable of it. So when you don't deliver it, they don't assume that you weren't doing your job. They assume that something got in your way that was unexpected that the challenge was bigger than you could have uh, 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 than, than you you could have assumed or than you could have anticipated assumes the wrong word there anticipates the right word <laughs> hey i'm right here behind the microphone thinking this stuff out loud here we are let's go <laughs> so either something happened that you couldn't have anticipated or something came up that was out of your control that got in your way the assumption when someone is holding you accountable is not that you fell flat it was that you weren't able to get to the task despite your best efforts. That's a key distinction there. So we need more of that. We need more of that support. We need more kinship around a common goal. We need more agreement up front about what accountability should look like. If your manager is just telling you that you need to make 300 calls a day or send 600 emails or whatever that is, it's just, hey, this is the job, go get it done. Um, that, taking orders is not inspiring. I don't know a salesperson who's inspired by taking orders. I know a lot of salespeople who are absolutely inspired by having a clear picture of what they need to do on a daily basis, but that's different from taking orders. And the difference is what I mentioned just a minute ago, the participation in the goal, the participation in the standard to which they will be held accountable.
one of the things that I like to do with my reps, which is something that I have done, my, my client reps that I lead, and, and which is something that I have done with my managers in the past, is, all right, Jeff, you, you, you got a target to hit. All right, you know, Sue, all right, Tom, all right, you know, Jill, you've got, you've got a target that you need to hit. How are you going to do it? And not from a, hey, go figure this out and let me know how it's going to go. It's, hey, look, I believe in you. I trust you. I believe that you know how to get this done. I want you to put together a plan and then let's talk about it. And then I'm going to give you some guidance on what I think will work and what I don't think will work. And then I'm going to stretch you a little bit to see if this is really your best work or if this is just something that you're doing kind of halfway to kind of get the assignment done. I want you to be engaged. I want you to be involved. I want you to tell me what you think is not only possible for you to do, but that is enough to get the job done. Now there's involvement. Now we can coach behind that. Now you can learn what's working, what's not working. You can have some kind of insight into why it's working or not working. And we can have these guideposts along the way that will tell us if we're on track or not. This is really hard. It's a lot of work. This is the work that great salespeople do before they get to work. This is the work that they do, the hard work that they do to make the selling part easier. Right? You've heard me say that before. You've heard me say that on this podcast in this season. That's the stuff that great salespeople do. They agree to what they're going to be held accountable to. And when their partner or their colleague or their boss or their dog, or well, probably not their dog, but whoever is holding them accountable can say, hey, how are you doing against that thing that you said you could do? How to go? Do you need anything? Was there something that came up that you couldn't negotiate by yourself? How do we make sure that that doesn't happen again? Were our expectations out of alignment with reality? Is there always something that could come up? Or did you just overestimate your own capability? That happens too. I'll tell you what, and I say this all the time. As I get older, I am capable of less in some ways. There's a lot of things I'm way more capable of now. But I remember back in the day when I'm a 20-something and I could knock off 12, 15, 20 things on a to-do list on a Saturday. Now all of a sudden it's like, man, why is this taking so long? Why am I not able to do some of these things? I overestimate my own capacity sometimes. And I'll bet if you look in the mirror, you do too. But with regular checkups, we can understand what we're actually capable of. And then we have the lens at which or through which we can look at ourselves and say, you know what? No, I think I can stretch a little more. I think I'm capable of more. I just didn't get it done this time. I'm going to push myself which is far different from the denial of knowing that you're just not capable anymore. I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I want to talk a little bit about this myth of self-accountability. And I'm going to talk next week with David Weiss about some tools that you can use to hold yourself accountable a little bit. But I want to be very clear. Self-accountability is an oxymoron. Self-accountability is a myth. Self-accountability is really, um, you know, an adjective or a euphemism for uh, discipline. Discipline's important, uh, vital, no arguments here. But your own discipline will not get you as far 
as someone looking over your shoulder who cares about your best interest asking you how you're doing. I don't care if you're David Goggins who's pushed himself physically and mentally uh, farther than, certainly than any human should, uh, arguably further than any human ever has. But that dude does not do as well on his own as he would and or as he does, because I'm sure he's got this figured out, uh, when someone is looking out for him and he's got an accountability partner. So here's the thing. Here's my challenge to you. Find a partner. You cannot go where you want to go on your own. It's that old saying, right? If you want to go somewhere fast, go alone. If you want to go somewhere far, go together. That's what this is about. It's not just about sharing the work. It's about that mutual interest in a project well completed, in a project well served, in a team well served. You want to go far, go, go with a team. You want to go fast? Yeah, you might be able to get there faster by yourself, but how far do you really need to go? Or how far are you really able to go? So you need to find somebody. I don't care if it is, uh, hopefully it's a manager or a leader. Hopefully it's someone with more wisdom. Hopefully it's someone with a bigger perspective and a wider point of view. Someone who can see around corners for you and help guide what you believe your own capabilities are. Hopefully someone with the wisdom to help you make sure you're going in the right direction. But even if it's not that, maybe it's, maybe it's someone that you were in training with. Maybe it's someone who joined the organization a week after you or a week before you. Maybe it is anybody who cares about what's in your best interest. Hopefully it's a manager. Maybe it's a coach. Maybe it's a friend outside of the organization. It doesn't matter. What you need to do is have clear communication around clear expectations and regular communication without your ego getting involved or getting too involved because there's a, a benefit to having ego involved here. You need to make sure that you can have these discussions on a regular basis to make sure that you are on track. If you're not, then change course. If you are, then pat yourself on the back for a job well done. That's what you need to have. Find that. That's the key to doing your best work. So I'm hopeful that through the last 12 minutes or 13 minutes or so that I've been talking, that you've got a little bit of a different idea about what accountability is. Hopefully you understand how important it is. Now what you need to do is put the steps in place to make sure you can get where you need to go. Make sure that you have that accountability partner. Oh, and I said that something about ego. I want to make sure I, I, I complete that thought. Here's the thing. Your ego should be involved enough to where it stings a little bit if you don't get your job done. And if you're not pushing yourself, if you're not pushing your boundaries every once in a while, your ego will never get involved. Right? You're not stretching. If you're not failing occasionally, you're not stretching. So you want to have enough ego involved in this process to where it stings a little bit if you don't get to where you want to go. But you can't have so much ego involved that you're afraid to ask the tough questions of yourself. If you want to be self-accountable to something, then it's asking yourself whether or not your ego 
is helping or hindering you in this process? That's a question only you can answer. So, like I said, next week, we're going to talk a little bit about some tools that you can use to help in your own, I'll say it, but you know what I mean, self-accountability with your own discipline as it relates to your deals. Um, but don't sleep on this concept. I know I've spent weeks on rules and weeks on methods and weeks on process. Really, just this episode and next week's when it comes to accountability. And there are a lot of ways you can go with it. And I've talked to Mike Weinberg about accountability as a leader. And I've you know, talked to several other people about this concept before. But uh, for the purposes of this episode or, or for the purposes of this season series, I want to make this very, very clear. Accountability is something you need to seek out. You need to be vulnerable enough to accept it. You need to be strong enough to use it. And you need to be willing to accept the truth because that's how we all get better. I'll see you again next week when I talk to David. And uh, thank you, as always, for being here. I'll speak to you again soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajoric.